we still improve? How do we feel like we're improving? How do we, you know, just what can we do to adjust? Improving cardio, flexibility, improving your diet. You wonder why he's so good. Those are so important. And you don't need to leave your house to do that. It's all about technique. It's all about discipline. The whole point of jujitsu is being able to adapt. All right, hey guys, this next segment you're about to see is uh, a various cut-ups of our original recording of a Q&A session that I have with people that are invited to this. Um, uh, essentially, people can ask a question and we can discuss it live. And I wanted to have an environment where it's not just me talking about it, but the rest of my team a various skill level, experience level, different perspectives, and then um, uh, we can take it on one by one. So hopefully this helps out. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, reach out, and uh, maybe we can get some of your questions on here. Thanks. Do you guys have any questions or anything? Not yet. Just wanted to check in and see how everyone's doing. It's hard, to, like, it's hard to talk about uh, like technical stuff on a Zoom call for jiu-jitsu. It's easier to talk about like mindset and philosophy and, I, and stuff, right? I completely agree. You know, like, um, you know, Phil and I, we work together, right? So he carpools with me to the gym. And yeah. then, so we have like almost every day, like an hour just to talk about whatever. And it's typically jujitsu. And uh, he said that it's been very helpful for him to just get a, get a perspective on things. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, uh, let's say, you know, every day is something new, essentially. Or like, you know, uh, you're doing something you're going deeper into something that you've never got deeper into. And so like having someone just essentially in your head about it, that's been there, done that, it's like big. So uh, those are the questions I was expecting to answer. But at the same time, I'm sure people have questions on random shit. You know, essentially it's like they want to ask either a higher belt or specifically some one of us or, or me a specific question. I'll do my best to answer it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, yesterday, Olivia, she sent me um, a, a, a video, a Zoom video of uh, one of, so it was like Heroes Jiu-Jitsu with Gumby. Uh, you're familiar with Gumby, right? Yeah. Am, and yeah. He, yeah. He has a he has a he has a doctor as one of his students. He's a physician at Silicon Valley Hospital or something. That's like apparently the number one hit hospital for coronavirus uh, in California. And uh, he came online and then he was just talking about all the shit about coronavirus, just like just basic level stuff. And then uh, so it was pretty interesting. The main takeaway that I got was how to disinfect the gym. You know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got some shit I need to look into and all that stuff. But yeah, man, current situation is like it's, it's looking rough because, yeah. you know, it's May 31st officially, but then. Hey Carlos, what's up? Carlos, hello. Hey. <laughs> uh, I I talk, I saw that, and it's so May thirty first officially, and uh, Governor Newsom released the four phases of reopening businesses, and phase phase one is where we're all at. Phase two is like schools and uh, uh, like non essential manufacturing stuff like that, and he said that's like weeks away, and then phase three is gyms, hair salons, essentially the rest which he said was months away. And then um, phase four is public events, which he said possibly a year away or something like that. So um, we're, we're officially in phase three. 
but uh, there was an article about what businesses qualify for phase two and martial arts is on that list. It's just like they, they categorize the martial arts as like softer martial arts, which is like very ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so like, what? Uh, uh, it, right? What with was that? Art, with a gentle art too, right? Yeah, we're gentle art. So I'm just like, uh, what, the, what the fuck does that mean? I, I, I imagine that they're talking about like Tai Bo and stuff where you don't, or like Muay Thai, but non-sparring Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Martial arts? Yeah, like non-contact. Like, yeah, like Tai Chi, Wing Chun. I don't know if those have contact at all, but it's. I'm assuming they don't. Um, form martial arts, you know, like there's hula dancing and stuff that's usually carried out in like martial arts gyms and stuff like that. So I figured that's that, but you know, as time goes on, like I'm going to have to pull a Tanner Rice, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially if there are yeah. people that want to jump in and want to keep it going. So I don't know. I, but then, you know what, literally like a day ago or two days ago, governor, governor Newsom came back and like, there are, there's evidence suggests that they're like wishy washy on their own uh, mandates because you know, I saw I saw a document saying they're going to close on the beaches. Now they're saying they're not. You know, they yeah. they banned ammo for a little bit, and then they went like they overturned that. And then um, now they're saying uh, the first the second phase is like incoming in the next few days and not weeks. And so like, you know, I'm sure the protest all over is like sort of scaring them a little bit or something. So they have some pressure, additional pressure to like reopen. So I I, I really don't know the situation. I I I've I'm staying optimistic and maybe like May sometime and maybe we can be back. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like the, the, the physician in the, uh, the heroes meeting said just, it won't be available for like another three months, three, four months. And I'm like, I get, I get where he's coming from, but depending on the assumptions that he's basing that timeline off of, uh, assuming some of those can change, like you never, you just never know. He also said six months away is like, the first version of the vaccine and i'm just like i've never heard six months like that's the soonest i've ever heard but yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's a physician at like one of the hardest hit hospitals so i don't know i don't know if he has some insight but everything i've heard was 12 at the at the soonest um you know that's including them rushing everything all that stuff so um there's yeah. i don't know there's a lot of question marks for me uh, so that's that's where i'm at with the gym I feel like the phases are going to be determined by like both like uh, the political and social pressure versus like 100%. medical knowledge, right? So those yeah. are like two opposing things that are going on, and potentially they start opening up early to satisfy like political and economic pressure. But I don't, I don't know where the where the, like medical stance is at right now. It's I just, do know like there were reports about how like maybe there's a lot more people with it than previously thought. Yeah, the might be lower. I don't know how that factors into the whole grand scheme of things. Well, I mean, um, as a physician associated affiliated with Stanford, um, so like I work at the VA, um, so our hospital system is a little bit different, but we've been flat for like three weeks, even though the spike was supposed to have been two weeks ago. Um, yeah. Our current census is six patients and, you know, we were ready to do up to like 50 ventilated patients. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's totally different than New York, like six five and four weeks ago they were sending out emails to all icu docs and you know the offer was we'll fly to new york you can start work the next day the governor will sign your license if you're an icu doc we'll give you 60 ventilated patients and the average for an icu doc is 12 to 15. so wow. clearly that tells you and they had converted uh four hospitals to COVID only so new york presby was the big one 
and that's a thousand beds, and it was purely uh, COVID. And we had 260 <clears throat> ventilated patients, which normally they run, you know, uh, 50 to 90. All right, so and that's including surgeries, not not like COVID. So, like that kind of East Coast stance really affected Washington's. But uh, even though we had the numbers, the the wave and the peaks didn't really hit us, and we did start like self-isolating late, but it did did help the flattening. But you know, I mean, Stanford has resumed elective surgeries as of last week, which tells wow. you that they believe that the um, community risk is is flat, right? Like basically, yeah, we've got risk. Yeah, what are we gonna do? Right, go into the grocery stores risky, but like it's flattened down basically, and they've de um, they've deactivated part of their COVID response. So like as an anesthesiologist, we, we upped like the response so that we could just put tubes in people when they come in and they've deactivated that at Sanford. And then we're still at the VA running that, but we're talking about how to downgrade. So that should also tell you something. And then other modeling would have said the peak is past. And so it, it does make sense medically to, to relax some of these things. We just know that of course there'll be a recruitance rate, right? Obviously there'll be a bimodal peak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like um, Dan, this is gonna be the Carlos hour pretty soon. No, We're gonna. No, no. So I have I have a family Zoom that happens like uh, on the weekends sometimes, and my aunt is like she's also a doctor. Yeah, and it always turns out into just like everybody grilling her for for an hour. <laughs> yeah, like uh, you know, in my I have a weekly team meeting with my you know my boss, my team, all that stuff at LinkedIn, and uh, uh I so I got the. I got the flu in January and February. So I had a back to back and I was like, this, this better not be Corona. You know what I mean? So in February I was like going deep as hell. So, and it, you know, jujitsu, I'm affected by it too. So I'm like, okay, this is serious. And then, um, uh, so I've every meeting they have like Denny corner and then like they reserve 10 minutes at the end for me to just talk about what I've discovered. And it's just like, there's so much people that want information, but, um, I mean, Wall Street Journal released that there's like Russian and Chinese like uh, meme factories that are like uh, distributing disinformation about it. So it's like, damn, it's there's a reason why it's really hard to find information. And it's just everyone's in a rush and they're clamoring. They're like clamoring over each other to release information like really soon. Like I get I, I get why they want to do that. But at the same time, it's adding more confusion to it. You know what I mean? So. Uh, it's it's been difficult to parse through that like one of the things that i don't understand about the phasing just right off the bat is like i've seen like these uh if it's if it's spread through micro droplets through your respiratory system and like you can get it through your eyes because you have respiratory like receptors or whatever in your eye i don't know i don't know I, i've officially started using words i don't understand right now you know uh <laughs> no but if that's the case it's like if you sit in a room with someone within a matter of minutes you're going to be engulfed in their like you know, th those micro droplets, because I've seen models in from Germany and Japan where they like, they like measure that shit. Um, and it's like, if a classroom is, is in phase two, like I get how jujitsu looks bad, but if it's as, as contagious as people are making it seem like it, no, a classroom and a, a gym phase two phase, two, it has no, there's no difference. You're gonna have a room full of people that are getting, especially imagine like someone's like lecturing and you're everyone just sitting like, like there's all this like sitting for 45 minutes and even in a large room, but a ton of people like I don't get I don't get that. So um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah.
So Carlos, in your, you know, one of the things that are helpful, like even though you might not be able to say, hey, this is what it is, this is what's going to happen, but maybe there's a lot up in the air, but, you know, just to get a sense of like the, the, the temperature over there, do you, do you have a sense of how long they suspect that they will dedicate resources for COVID stuff? Like, do they, is it a long-term like, oh, this is going to be a three-year thing. Like we're going to have permanent wards in here for this oh, or um, is there any, is it anything like that? Well, you know, medically speaking, I mean, we've known the modeling since January. It's just that it's been fascinating to see the medical literature and then what's on popular media versus, you know, like you're saying the like political and social like pressures to not say certain things. Like, you know how like since February we said 14 days, right? Like 14 days self-isolate. But we knew that yeah. in January, the first Wuhan patients, like they had up to 32 days and the average was 25 days. Like we, we knew right off the bat yeah. instead of the CDC that it was all bullshit. And like, and we yeah. knew that we should have isolated, but nobody had the guts to do it. So kind of similarly, it's on the back end, right? So like projection models at the best, if you stayed home would be like six weeks. And if only like 5% of people went out, it would be like, you know, three to six months. So we're probably going to have this low level activity for the next three to six months, basically. Right. Okay. Um, the other weird thing about coronavirus is like, which you probably heard is like, you know, reinfection with coronavirus, right? Like the first case was like a Japanese woman who basically was positive. Yes. And what they do is they serially swab your nose. Yeah. And, and that's a terrible test. It's, it's about 70% positive predictive. So like, you know, you could have false, false negatives 30% of the time. Right. Yeah. So that's crazy. It's a terrible test. And then the people who do it are scared. So they're like barely doing it. Um, and so, you know, that's why they've started introducing the antibody test, but you know, the antibodies, different people can take up to two weeks to turn positive. So you could literally be dying of it and still be negative to the antibodies because your immune system isn't reacting. So kind of probably what the best doc systems right now would be doing, they would test your, your nose and your antibodies, and that yeah. would probably give you the best. But then again, it's all out the window. If you go to the grocery store and somebody hands you a dollar bill, like you could, you know, you could get it. <laughs> But yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I, I think about that all the time because in the context of, uh, you know, I did, that's the tough part for me because I would, I would have to go through like, and I don't speak Chinese, read Chinese or anything like that, but I subscribe to like Chinese, like news outlets and like all this other stuff because, you know, there's state run media, which is everything. And then there's like more privately, like temporarily available media before they take it down. And so like, I was deep in that stuff. And so, uh, to translate that from, a to the, to the gym and you know the first person that gets credit for closing is keenan right but um i give him that i give him that credit but at the same time he 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 even him he was like we're gonna close this for two weeks we'll see what happens at the end of the second week or and then like we'll decide if we want to open up it's like i knew at that moment in time and like he was getting so much credit and at the same time all the other gyms that are not closing were getting a lot of flack i was getting dms and stuff and like uh, from people i don't know being like hey bro like did you see this? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like you should check it out. You know, da, da, da. And I was like, here's the problem with that. Like he's, in, he's like slightly informed. He's not like all the way informed because anyone who saw this or understand the context of something like this is like, this is not a two week and done thing. Like, what do you, what's going on? So if you close the implications are not weeks, it's months. And so I said this to Edsel in the very beginning, I was like, Bro, like, I'm not tripping on two-week shutdown. I'm talking about if we shut down, we might not be open for another four or five months. And that's why I was, like, more vocal about, like, the gym getting hurt from this because there are a lot of schools who were like, two weeks, we can handle that. And then they didn't – they walked in 
to doing these closures with the pants down and then now they're just like oh shit like how do this is taking longer and longer and longer this is why most people are protesting now i think i think the expectation was really low and then so now that we're exceeding those expectations those low that low bar that's set it's now freaking everyone out so it's like that that's the problem it's that again like the information flows like insane and then the reinfection thing like i was like if this is if this is one of those things where you can get infected develop antibodies and still get reinfected or not have some weird issue where you have very extremely temporary antibodies or something like that this is this is something that's going to be like game changing for everyone everyone's going to be weirded out by it but um luckily as of the latest it's looking pretty positive like this is reinfection after being infected is not a not unique real. thing about this yeah it's more about test positive like false negatives false positives yeah. um it makes sense because you know there is positives for people that were pet testing negative and then later on got retested like in korea they had a they tested people that did do all did went through all that process and uh they were po positive for uh coronavirus but what it is is like it's highly degraded rna that like they can't isolate the virus so um they're testing positive but they're not in any risk of re like reinfection the only thing that people now there's a case of people getting sick again but that's more of like a relapse rather than a reinfection possible i don't know like i know i've been sick before and i get sick again shortly after because i went to i went physical exertion right away or something like that i don't know but yeah, that's yeah. that's what people have found so like from a hospital perspective if you come in and you have basically a fever everybody's getting these tests right and then if your suspicion is high we isolate you and we check you serially usually at least three times but once you're positive, we lock you in a negative pressure room and then we test your nose every day. Mm. Now, the irony is in the ICU, if you're one of the, the poor, unfortunate like 10 to 15% of people who end up on a life support, like if you test the nose, it turns negative. But if you go into the lung and wash the lung, it's super positive. Uh. So like we like this is a this is like any other flu virus. The first thing it does is it reproduces here. And if it's going to actually make you sick, it'll reproduce in your lungs. Yeah. But this one's interesting because it goes in your nose, it goes in your urine, your stool, uh, and then and can in the sickest cases it can it can be in your lungs, and this can turn negative. So it's pretty crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, like I remember in the very beginning, I saw uh, before there was this task force with Dr. Fauci and Pence at the head. Like he, Dr. Fauci was in front of Senate. Like this just just like uh, just downloading that everyone on like what it is, like what are the symptoms. Da, da, da. He was like. Uh, the reason why this is different from the flu is because in the flu, you have upper respiratory. And if it gets bad, it develops into a lower respiratory pneumonia, all this other stuff. But this one, like it starts at lower respiratory and it stays there and it gets worse and worse and worse. And then uh, I was like, oh shit, this is crazy. Be I don't know. Cause I had the flu in Feb and I was like, this is coronavirus. I don't think it was. I low key think it was, I don't know, <laughs> but I don't know. That's an interesting perspective because like, gentlemen i would say you know having rolled with some of you like you guys are the healthy folks like whenever you decide to open the gym if any of us have an active coronavirus and we roll with someone else like you're in the healthiest population you know, you know yeah thankfully and it's unlikely highly unlikely by any reason physiologically medically or the fact that you would develop the fulminant course where you a need to be hospitalized or b even worse the icu so it's kind of like when I go like hiking right now, it's like people aren't wearing masks, but I'm like, are, are we self-selecting people who A, are healthy and probably don't have it, and B, if they were to get it, they're healthy enough. 
that they should do well. So like, I can't tell you that medically, but it seems rational because like, it's like any other, any other virus that we get. It's like some people really get hit hard and some people don't. But I'll tell you, the older I get, the harder it hits. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I mean, you bring up a good point. It's like, I think about it all the time because uh, I think there's just like a consensus that like everyone, at least in the US, like every person in the US will have to have this or will get this. Like this is like, it's like a no way around it. Like everyone will be exposed. Everyone will get infected. Like that's the, that's the consensus. And I'm just like, if that's the case, I'm not, I understand the, 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 the arguments, like, don't go out there and try to get it on purpose. Don't do that. Because the longer you wait, first of all, you're going to, if you're in a, if you're there, everyone's always in a position where they're going to expose someone else. Like, it's just, that's, that's how it works. Number two is like, get, if the longer you wait, the chance of therapies being available that are more effective is like more likely. And like, um, there, there's just uh, supplies and infrastructure being supported the longer you wait. So it's like, it's not something that you should actively try to pursue like this infection, but at the same time, like we're all going to get it. So it's like me as a business owner, the gym owner, I'm just like, shit, like I feel personally responsible if people got it. But at the same time, it's like, if the antibody studies are correct, if we've, we did follow uh, the mandates for the state and County, we are allowed to open. Like, why won't we be open? You know what I'm saying? So I, I have like a more of a moral dilemma, um, but I'm just like, I have um, some precautions I'm going to like institute to the gym, like temperature checks and like just heavy communications on like, if you're feeling anything at all, like don't even bother, like um, rigorous, like disinfecting like protocols. Like I've, I just got clued in on UVC lights and how like exposure for an hour, you know, for a certain light can like disinfect coronavirus and possibly in seconds if it's super close like contact with the mat areas or whatever. So these are things I'm looking into and I'm like, okay, if I'm covering all my bases, like we should just, I, I can't wait to, I need to train. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we're all going to get it anyways and we're not in the risk group, like let's go train, bro. Like that's, I, I agree with that uh, sentiment. So um, I don't know. I, that's where I'm at. I, that's what I'm thinking. Um, does, does anyone here? So, uh, some, I'm sure some people might pop in later or whatever, but, and I have a list of questions um, from online, but I want to prioritize people that are here live. So does anyone, did anyone have a question coming into today that wanted uh, an answer or started discussion amongst us? Because we got, we got a bunch of high, we got a good range of belts here, white all the way to black, right? We got, <laughs> so that's good. So does anyone want to talk about anything or came prepared with something? Well, I had two questions, uh, like okay, two-parter. One is like open to the group and say like, how have you guys just doing overall? Like, you know, life, everybody's <clears throat> life is different. So I just wanted to see, check in, make sure everybody's okay. And like their families are doing okay. How you're feeling. And then the follow-up was like, you know, Denny, just, I worry about the future of the gym, you know, I want to make yeah. sure that you're solvent and all that. So if you don't mind talking about that. Yeah, for sure. Better. All right. Uh, how's, how's everyone feeling? I mean, I'll start by saying like, I'm physically good. You know, that I think the biggest struggle for me is the mental aspect of it. It's like, um, you know, the question for me is like, Hey, how, how are you doing? Like, Hey, check this out. Have you checked this out? And generally the answer is like, yes, I checked it out. Like you gotta understand like every single day that passes, I'm looking, I'm trying to, I'm thinking about the gym, whether it's how do I effectively communicate with you guys? Are you, do I feel like I'm under communicating? And then there's other things like people, uh, wanting to cancel their membership. So I have to follow up on that. And then um, applying to loans, applying to grants, um, talking to other business owners, how they're approaching it, checking in with Milton and like how he's approaching certain things and 
talking to the other gym owners. So not a day goes by where I'm not working on something or um, thinking about it. And so, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I just take it day by day. You know what I mean? Like I really, really hoped that may sometime in May, I was hoping at the beginning of May, like we're reopened up, let it, let's, let's get it popping. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that May 31st is the new, um, shelter in place order, but I, I do, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of Newsom being like back and forth on certain things because the, the reality is the closer we are to an actual reopening, the more uncertainty and back and forth they will have. So like this type of variability in their, in their stance is something that if anything gives me hope as, a, as someone that's looking to open up. So um, yeah, that's how, that's how I just approaching it. And so how you feeling? I know you had a, so I don't know if you want me to tell everyone, but you've had a bit of a cough, right? So how yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was sick pretty much from from right when we we closed the gym. Uh, I, I developed a cough like literally a, the day we uh, they announced the the shutdown on that was that Monday, whatever that Monday was. I don't remember when it was. Um, and uh, I coughed for about a month and a half. Uh, recently, my cough has just started to go away. Um, they put me on ten days, ten days of antibiotics. Uh, it took about two weeks from the first day I took it. You know, they treated me for uh, possible pneumonia and uh, it went away. I mean, I still cough here or there, but it's it's almost gone. Um, yeah. You know, so. every, every, everyone in the, the household, all right, though? Like, Yeah, my girlfriend. My girlfriend was fine. Uh-huh. Uh, who she, she's going to the store right now. Um, my girlfriend was fine. She she exhibited almost zero, uh, any, any type, anything. She just didn't have very no symptoms um oddly enough though was i tested my temp my temperature i took my temperature maybe every couple hours and i was always very low um i think like 97 was like the highest i got that's like 97 point something but then my girlfriend she was going up in like 99 um so it was like weird it was like she had no physical uh symptoms but she she did have a, a odd fever um here or there but uh you know but she she was fine. And then, um, you know, but that's that physically, that's kind of where I've been. Uh, and it sucked because like oh, this whole time, all I've been doing is fucking gaining weight because I've been sick. So yeah, <laughs> I'm with you though. <laughs> you know? I'm like, well, what's funny is that actually I haven't gained a pound. I haven't gained a single pound. It's I've lost so much muscle mass. Muscle, like, yep, that's <laughs> and my, my stomach is like hanging over my belt now, or, like my pants now. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. And then, you know, mentally for me, like, dude, like right now, like I'm watching the fucking, uh, apex, uh, legends, uh, European finals right now. I've been on Twitch almost every day. So, I mean, for me as like a outside of jujitsu, uh, as a gamer, like, you know, this is no problem for me. I, my girlfriend's freaking out. She's like breaks down every couple of weeks where she cries or gets, you know, it has a lot of anxiety. Uh, but for me, I'm just sitting here like, what, what's wrong? I don't, I don't see what the problem is. Besides not being able to train jujitsu. Yeah, uh, I feel that. You know, I'm good. And then work, you know, I work in biotech. So right now, like work is fucking crazy popping. Um, so everything's good for me on that end. For sure. Anyone else? Everyone else good or? Uh, yeah, dude, like, but like, except for like exclusion of jujitsu as a pastime hobby like life is really good <laughs> right now <laughs> you know I like i love i love like the working remote aspect right and yeah. i really hope that that is something that you know uh, no doubt it keep after. going 
Yeah, there's yeah. no there, like everyone learned their lesson. They're like, uh, yeah, it's actually better on both sides to have people work from home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, and I, I imagine it would be really hard for like companies to just I, even after May be like, oh yeah, you guys need to come back in because I I think that they need to still respect people who are just like you know I I, I still feel unsafe. I want I want to stay. I want to work remote for a bit, right? Uh, that's how my company is too. They don't. I know that they wouldn't pressure you to come in if uh, you yeah. felt uh, anxious about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I ride my bike a lot. Uh, so like that life has been really good. Uh, being able to work from home means I get to go on like lunchtime rides or like rides right after work, right? It's Fuck. amazing. Your, com- your cardio is getting better. I, yeah. <laughs> I got to yeah. deal with that shit on yeah. my way back. <laughs> Dude, it's been, it's been really amazing to like on a, end the day at work. Uh, and then just it's five o'clock inside your house. And I, can't, I take my dog on a walk near like Mission Peak or I go on a ride to like, like a 15 mile ride up a hill i get back and it's still like seven o'clock i got a hell of time left in the day i didn't commute at all you know that that's been cool um yeah work is work is good the remote part is cool like i said uh i really appreciate not having a commute in general uh adapting to like this zoom lifestyle kind of shows that there's so many things that can be done remote that people just kind of like you know discredited before um yeah and that's just i've been able to be more productive because less ambushing in general you know uh yeah. when you're not in the office uh so like i feel pretty good uh at both like productive and like physical and like uh physical health but yeah i just wish that i could like practice some of the things i've been watching in terms of like jujitsu youtube videos i watch like some Danaher videos and stuff right I'm yeah like, man i just i really want to drill but no opportunity for that i feel that how you doing daniel Oh, I'm good. I think, you know, to your point, it's really just been the the mental component. Um, You know, I work full-time remote anyway, so it's, that's not really much of an adjustment, but it's good that, uh, that Amazon extended the option to work from home until October 2nd, I think it is. Oh, wow. That's okay. I know Google, I think Google, they, they said like end of the year, like they extended it out to the end of the year. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. I think, I think, right away the first thing they did was set up a bunch of mechanisms to to be able to comfortably support everybody being remote um so in doing so i think they're definitely seeing some benefits from it um but otherwise you know just trying to stay productive yeah i've been running outside a lot more actually i um i I was on the spin bike (laughs) (laughs) i was on the spin bike for the first uh month or so uh, every day and then it just started getting so nice outside so early and there's like nothing like running in the morning heat um so i've just been doing that for sure lit yeah hey. sandbag workouts yeah i yeah i see you <laughs> the Carlos yeah it's just about staying productive yeah I, I feel i feel like i'm i'm actually more busy nowadays because i just have access to the laptop and like like um there's just less people having meetings that are unnecessary and stuff so mm-hmm. it's just like i'm yeah. just chugging along yeah. um but carlos you're you're are you are you still going to the hospital and stuff like that for yeah. sure right yeah I work in icu and then i take like on friday i was called for you know folks with covid and yeah i've gone in and put in breathing tubes and you know i write policies and like get i order the equipment and i teach people how to use it and all that stuff wow so how how's how's life for you like do you like one of so here's the thing like uh 
you know, the, the medical professionals that I relate in one component, which is, um, you know, I, when it came to starting the gym back up or like having people do privates, I was, I was actually all for privates. I'm like, if anything, I could do privates. Right. And then, uh, my fiance was like, uh, no, if you do privates, we're not hanging out. Cause I, she, <laughs> she lives with her elderly parents. Right. So I'm just like, yeah. Oh shit. And then, so like, and then I just had this, I was like, damn, that sucks. And then I got to figure this out. Uh, but medical professionals, they had that talk long time ago. They had that talk like, uh, when I get home and I have a family member at home or whatever, even a guest is like, well, how do I, what's, what's the protocol there? Or like, do I just isolate myself? Do I isolate myself from my family? Like what did, what did you personally decide to do, uh, in this situation? Yeah. So I have two extenuating factors. So like I helped move my parents here who are like 83 and 81 and they're like four blocks away. And I had to kind of fight with them to like, let me do their shopping and stuff. Cause they would be like, hey, I went to the store and nobody's wearing a mask and they're handing me money. And I'm like, well, that's probably not the best thing. My dad's got cancers and all this stuff. So oh, man. Uh, he's super high risk. And I actually had to take him to the hospital in March, but he, it wasn't COVID related, but he did fine. But um, so they're, they're one thing to worry about, but they're doing okay. Um, I also like had a, like a divorce uh, years back and then I have a five-year-old and I split time with the mom, and the right. mom's medicine. So like, that's a big deal. It's like, it's still like conflict. So she was just like, Hey, if I think you get sick, you're not going to see him for at least a month. And I'm like, Hey, chill out. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to get anybody sick and right. nobody should get anybody sick. So there's all these little factors at home, but, but I just do like what I read as the literature. So like, you know, I keep my work clothes at work. If I ever really get contaminated there, then I just shower there. I have a new pair of clothes. As soon as I hit the door, like I undress and I shower. Uh, like my yeah. kid, like, you know, wants to come hug me and I'm like, I have to go shower. So now he knows. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, just, yeah, I'm more worried about people. I remember when this first started, I was like, Hey, I'm not coming to any, any gym because I have a higher risk of getting you guys sick. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I quickly realized everybody's kind of going through the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I mean, that stuff, once you get over the initial, like nobody wants to go in the room and then you go in the room and you take care of somebody and then they get better you're like okay that was worth it and i'm not sick and like then it's not so scary but but i feel for everybody because it's like you don't know like should i wear a mask to the grocery store like do i need gloves at the gas station i feel worse for you folks because i have like the best equipment at work so yeah. i'm doing yeah, it I'm doing that's okay. crazy yeah, my dad, my dad had cancer before too, and he's very compromised. Um, and so, but he lives in LA. And so we had like, we just made a decision. Like um, I said, do you, do you want to just not, because uh, at the time, like Santa Clara County was like ranked very high, one or two. Yeah. And LA County was not, not, the, not, it was behind. So um, I was like, if there's any chance of you guys getting it, it's probably if I ever came down to hang out or something like that imagine being asymptomatic and just bringing that, that would be like the worst thing. Like, um, so I, we both agreed just not to see each other. And so not, not being able to see each other entails like when everything blows over, when a vaccine is available. So that's like, at that point I was like, you know, this could mean two years, something like that. And then, so we just agreed to that, but, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a hell of a decision to make. And, um, yeah, I'm realizing, I'm hoping some people have like a really slick answer, like, oh, this is what we did. It works out great. It's like, there's no, none of that shit. None of that um, exists right now. So, um, yeah. 
Did did anyone have any other questions before I get to the list? Uh, no, I was just I was just gonna say yeah, I haven't seen uh, either of my daughters since it started. So For real? How yeah. how old are your daughters again? Uh, seventeen. They're both seventeen. Both seventeen. Damn. Both 17. Yeah, yeah. They so. twins? No, dude, hood twins, bro. Oh, oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> good twins. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. So, like, one of my daughters, uh, she's going to, she's heading to go to Oregon, um, for for college. Um, oh, she chose Oregon, right? Did she? Yeah, she's before still the sh- she's before, still waiting. What's up? Before the shutdown, she was she was still not sure if she was going to go there, right? Yeah, she had to she had to choose by the first of May, so she wow. chose Oregon, but she's wow. still. Um, She's still on the wait list for San Diego State. She would rather still go to San Diego State because she doesn't really want to move to Oregon. But, you know, Oregon offers her the the cheerleading that she wants to do. And uh, it's, you know, a giant school. You know what I mean? It's a big school versus giant like a school, giant sports school. That's a, that's crazy. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she's on the second round for the cheer cheer squad now. So she's wow. happy about that. Yeah. That's dope. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats, dude. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And so it's like, for me, it's like, you know, my kids are almost adults. You know what I mean? And like my younger daughter, she's, she's been like, Oh, when, when can I see you? When can I see you? And I'm just like, maybe like, just, just chill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like, but, and then my older daughter is just like, you know, I was like, I just hope I get to see you once before you go to, you go, go to college, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Damn. Tough. Yeah. So, but having like a young child, that would be, you, you almost have to, you're, you're, you're required because like a, a little kid's not going to understand the distancing and, and and the time away like that's not cool you know yeah but that's all i just was saying that for sure yeah but hey, i thought uh i thought chris was supposed to be on here i thought chris was the one asking all the questions i know chris asking all the questions but uh, <laughs> he can't he couldn't make it i guess oh that's because because then that goes into um the questions that he had so uh uh we can transition to the question on the list and we can work through, I don't expect to go through all of this. We have, you know, we have 20 minutes left on this call. So um, uh, I'll just get through what I can. And if we can't, we just set up another one. We just keep it going, you know, that'll be fine. Uh, and just so you guys know, like this is being recorded so I can like post it, post it so you guys can rewatch it later. But so here's the question. All right. So this is from Chris and particularly Chris's son. And Chris's son is six. Is that right? I, don't, I believe so. But we will respect this question and answer how we feel. Uh, so he says, my son asked, what if someone bites, digs his fingers in your ears or hits you in the jewels in a, in a school fight? All right. So this is a very important question. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought about this question quite a bit. And I have a very clear perspective and opinion on certain, the major, certain pieces of the major assumptions that causes someone to ask this question. You know what I mean? Um, so, so essentially it's like, how do you deal with bites, uh, groin shots, eye gouges, fish hooks? Like, uh, tell me about it. Like, what, like it, it, I'm gonna sort of rephrase the questions. Like, is this, is this relevant? Is this something worth knowing about, defending against, attacking with? Is this something that is a danger? Is it, what, like how, how dangerous is it, blah, blah, blah. In my opinion, I think all that shit does not matter. I think none of it matters. I think um, if you can't practice it, it doesn't matter. Because uh, like if someone's going for a groin, that means what, what are they what are they practicing kicking people in the groin? Like that's that's like really that's like first of all pretty uncommon. Second of all is like 
I've been in, I've been in altercations where first of all, adrenaline is crazy, 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 crazy in adrenaline. And I've physically seen people get hit in the nuts and nothing like unfazed. You know what I mean? Like I've seen, I've seen people get hit in the nuts in a surprise attack and it hurts a lot. And, but even then they, they catch a knee and they go back up. Maybe, you know what I mean? Because there's that little window where the pain actually comes to your head and be like, Oh shit. Right. So I, I, and a little bit of background is like, I've been in a lot of street fights and I've been in, and I'm not talking like I'm cool. Like we had chains in our hand and knives in our hand. None of that shit. It was just like, I got jumped this time. And then the next weekend I jumped them back or like whatever, like we have a barbecue and people are a little too drunk. And then you get in a little tussle or you go in a bar and you're talking to the wrong girl and da 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 da. Like there's, there's so many situations I've been in and eye gouges are actually quite easy to defend against and and as a result pretty ineffective groin shots are quite ineffective when there's adrenaline as a component of this altercation so there there's a lot of different things like um, one of the things i wanted to show and i actually talked about it in the um in our group chat uh, but i'm pulling this up right now did you guys hear that at all from my screen no okay here i'm gonna how do i where's the screen share Oh, here it is. Okay. So I'm going to share my screen. Um, okay, share. All right. Do you guys see this? Keith Hackney versus Joe Sun? Mm, yeah. Right? All right. So UFC 4. This is the first time I've actually seen. Uh, so one of the statements I said to Chris is like, first of all, when have you seen someone use uh, these types of tactics in a fight? I argue that you probably only seen them in a movie and um, uh, even fully grown adults probably have only seen them in a movie or like TV shows where like, this is how you do self-defense. The reality is um, this is the only example where I've seen uh, growing shots used. All right. So I'm going to turn this down. And so Keith Hackney is the one in the guillotine position on top in the black. Joe Sun is the one holding onto the guillotine. And you see right here where you discover he's not sh hitting the lower abdomen. He's hitting the, he's hitting the, the nuts. And the, and the shaft, okay? He's going all in, and he's completely focused on that area. Uh, Hackney is doing a good job of using his outside elbow to uh, open up Joe Sun's left knee, and then so he has full access to that, right? Eventually, what ends up happening? Uh, how do I get out of here? So what ends up happening is Joe Sun lets go of the guillotine, but he's not tapping out, right? So, um, so the, the reality is that even in that situation, you can see how fairly ineffective it is. Second part is the only reason he was exposed to the nut shots is because he held onto Keith Keith Keith's neck with that failed guillotine, right? One of the things we learned before we ever leave Blue Belt is it when to let go of certain things because we're gonna end up in a worse situation, right? So um, think about all the circumstances that came down to the point where the first time I've ever First and possibly only time I've seen someone like using um, a groin strikes as an actual tactic, and all it was was to soften him up so he can get the can release the 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 um, the guillotine position, right? But you know, jujitsu can teach you that um, unless you're training for something, it, it it's it's really hard to get something um, really effective. You know, I I did, I I remember walking into I I went to school. I lived in Davis for a little bit and I went to like a technical school there for a short amount of time. And I, I was a blue belt 
and I was looking for jujitsu. I walked into a jiu-jitsu gym. I didn't know it was a Japanese jujitsu gym, and they're very different. Like when I walked up, there, there was a guy showing how to take a spear from a dude on a horse. You know what I mean, there was no horse. He was literally just sitting on like the pile of boxes with a spear, and then he had his students, which was like two dudes, being like, "All right, if they come in from the left side, you're gonna fucking." Block. And I was like what the hell is this and i was like i want to learn that shit yeah no i was like first of all both of all time but to me when someone asked me about growing strikes i think about the same thing it's like when are you gonna when are you gonna like block a spear from a horse coming at you you know what i'm saying like it's not even about yeah statistically when it's also about like no man like if you're in mongolia i can see it I can see it. If you you're got, in Mongolia, you gotta, I can see it. Adjust, adjust the technique from modern day. You got to like teach them how to pull a gun from a hand during a drive-by. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like how to dismount a guy from his motorcycle or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> which is even crazier. But um, uh, they, they, they would practice like the, they would do kata on like groin strikes and like wrist locks and stuff, right? And then I was like, um, uh, why is there, can we spar? Is there sparring? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't spar. This is too dangerous. Like if, if we, sparred this then we i would have no more students and i was like uh okay like i get that sentiment but realize that if you can't spar live in a real situation no one will have the intuition the muscle memory to even try to execute and uh let alone be effective and um by the way it's actually very easy to stop and block this stuff like for instance like joe sign could have literally just went from overhook to an underhook and pushed and he would have been free you know in that situation where keith it's not a grappler. Most people are not a grappler. Most people that do grapple will have a less tendency to hit you in the groin. You know what I mean? So um, there's, there's a lot of different layers to this that I just don't see it being reality. Like Krav Maga is another thing where um, they incorporate these types of techniques and then they might not, they don't spar it. They, they, they spar other things. They put gloves on, mask, and they have a fake prop like knife and then they'll do these exercises. But it's just like even Krav Maga has this, but um, it's it's less emphasized because they know it's not as effective as like a, a, a like an AR-15 butt in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like there there are other options for for a lot of these guys. And so, um, in my opinion, in a self-defense situation, not in a close like uh, uh, close quarters combat situation, you're not in the field. You're you're the most realistic self-defense scenarios in for us living in America is probably tight like uh in a bar situation or traffic situation or uh just like young thug situation or something like that so when you when you funnel in on the most realistic situations it's like i i just don't see how jujitsu what we teach and what we spar is not enough you know what i'm saying it's like one thing i will say is that when people that do just jujitsu they get sort of locked into jujitsu mindset so Mm -hmm. i've seen people that get into these altercations and then pull off an arm bar it's like bro don't do that don't do an arm bar like do you want to get sued like that is like the perfect example of like first of all pretty ineffective because i've seen people with broken arms like still attacking someone you know someone with a dislocated shoulder someone with like a, a mangled leg like yeah they're still grabbing and holding and trying to keep people down so um i i personally believe that these are not that effective quite easy to defend um, to make it even less effective and um, jujitsu can help you in that because it's about awareness and like going through those those paths and understanding like where you're susceptible to being exposed but at the same time like the other side of it is when you're in a self-defense situation and like mount is great neon belly is great like 
getting past those legs to get closer to like a hand and arm position is great but do not if you're mounting on someone and you're on the street and they're like you there is you don't know he might have homies right now running down the street to come after you what are you gonna do you're gonna go for an arm bar where your back is on the floor now like that is, that's just there's a, there's a limit here right but um i'm more of a proponent of like we train jiu-jitsu and you focus on jiu-jitsu. Just doing sport jiu-jitsu will translate to self-defense no matter what because it's not about necessarily technique at a certain point. It's about timing and awareness and then like reaction time. Uh, but, you know, little mistakes. Like you have to – I've actually learned that mistake. When I was a white belt going on blue belt and even in blue belt, I've been in certain fights where I did go for arm bars and stuff like that. But I realized a kimura is a much better uh, option because at least you're on top. Or forget a kimura. You want a rear naked choke. Put them to sleep nullify the situation just walk away and so and there's no damage there's no long-term damage there's no none of that so like th there are options here but in my opinion like um these types of like deadly quote unquote like two dangerous techniques if you can't spar them live they're not that as effective as people make them out to be um does anyone want to get hit in the nuts right now no but like um i just don't think that you got a guy that's like constantly looking to hit you in the nuts it's going to be a little bit telegraphed and you're going to be able to understand the situation but the, the 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 response to that is you need to be a trained individual to be able to handle those situations and that's what jiu-jitsu does that's like there is no other martial art that prepares you better in my opinion than jiu-jitsu for that right uh so i see you do you have like an opinion on that or um dude i i mean oddly enough uh, I have a situation where I was hit in the nuts, um, uh, and uh, it, it actually doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really affect me. Uh, uh, you know, if it comes on surprise, just like a sucker punch or something like that, for sure. I mean, it, right. you know, if you're not prepared, but, uh, you know, a guy hit me in the nuts, and I just double leg slammed him on the ground, and he just laid there. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not as effective, for sure. And I think um, a lot of people, uh, rely on uh, I don't know. Let's just say, like at this point, like the the mythology of 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 watching movies and and seeing things that they uh, they they understand that you know, like your eyes um, could be a very sensitive part. And but we all know, like if we wanted to, we could grapple with our eyes closed. And I mean, somebody can gouge into our closed eyeballs, but hopefully at that point, I'm not already you know destroying you know taking apart their shoulder or choking them unconscious um i like uh boz Rutten's story on the i forgot what podcast it, was. it might have been joe rogan's podcast but he talks about how he had some visitor come to his gym and how these these uh i don't know if they were men or women were talking about how they would just gouge their eyeballs out if somebody tried to rear naked choke them they would just reach back and rip their eyeballs out oh and he yeah was like, he was like yeah sure go ahead he goes I'll, okay he goes the moment you reach back he goes, and you try to, to, you touch my eyes and I'll just break your neck. And she goes, what are you talking about? She goes, he goes, if you touch my eyes, I will break your neck. That's it. Like, go ahead. He goes, you, if you're going to try to blind me, then I'll just kill you. You know, and, and granted, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be that serious. It can literally just be like, yeah, you're going to scratch me. You might scratch my cornea. You might, uh, you know, uh, you know, grab my balls and squeeze the shit out of them, but you're now unconscious and now you're going to, I can do whatever I want to you, you know? So, um. I think like there's just a there's just a mythology behind uh these special like uh dirty techniques you know yeah absolutely i think um you that example is actually something i used in practice before because um typically like i 
I mentioned in other podcasts, but like when I was living in Davis, like I, I would have these like prize fights. Like I would go talk shit at school, like a lot, a lot. And there's a lot of like Modesto homies, Vallejo, Stockton guys going to the same school as I did. Talk, talk, talk. And it's like, I'm, I do jiu-jitsu. And what is that? Karate is like, ah, it's fine. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then at the, at the weekend, like barbecue, like we would put money in a hat and be like, okay, let's have a, essentially like a tournament. They didn't call it that, but it was just like, I'll, I've been wanting to fight you. I'll put money down. Like, let's do it. And, uh, you know, you know, one of those situations where you're just talking, talking, I was young, you know what I mean? And then they were like, you put me in that freaking choke. I'm going to reach back and I'm going to claw your face or, or I'm going to reach down and then attack your groin. And I was like, without a hitch, I was like, okay, let me just put you in that situation and you do it to me. And then they're like, all right. The second you start tightening their their hands, the, this this is it's a crazy feeling of not protecting your neck because if you're here, like uh, okay okay ready uh, you know they they won't even try they realize that they made a mistake like mentally they 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 didn't really understand what it really meant to let go of protection to attack you but in a result you're actually being more exposed being more susceptible to putting down. Uh, this goes for, all right, now you go reach down for my groin. Go ahead. I'm going to full access. And then it just for, goes from here to here and it's, and it's a wrap. And so um, uh, it's, it's, it's just not realistic and um, it's a misnomer. And one of the things that really taught me that was an A, experience. And it's tough like to encourage people to go fight people. You know what I mean? Don't do it. So, so B it's um, on the mat, you know, like training and getting experience because everyone has, I think uh, definitely Carlos, Eric and Edsel has that experience of coming in, feeling good about like learning and then being progressing. And then a brand new guy comes off the street and you got to spar with that guy. And there's nothing more unpredictable on the mat than a person that's never done jujitsu. There's nothing more unpredictable than that. Actually, the, the higher rank they are, almost like the more predictable they become. And me as a black belt, I take advantage of that. But uh, anyone, so anyone with like six, seven, eight months of experience, they train with the first guy that's like off the street. This is where you really learn like what's effective, what's not. And when I was a white belt, blue belt, purple belt, I would, I would be so happy when a guy off the street came, off, came into the gym because it, it meant like this is the closest thing I'm going to get to a street fight. You know what I'm saying? Like the, I'm talking about the roughness, the explosiveness, the, the hyperventilation, you know, the, all those things that will happen during uh, the course of an actual altercation. And so um, you can definitely learn these lessons on the mat. And then um, you can actually just, it's interesting because while they are, they're operating off of this like theory, you're operating off like hypothesis, you're operating off theory. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's a different set of mindset. So this is why, I loved jujitsu and why I was attracted to it in the beginning because it was purely for self-defense reasons. You know what I mean? Uh, did, did anyone else have a, 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 an opinion on that, on the concept or a differing opinion on mine? I would love to uh, like dig into that. No, I mean, I, I agree. Like I, I mean, aside from the usual like kid dustups, like when I was in college, I was assaulted, right? Like by a group of six guys that were oh, damn. kind of high and kind of drunk. But so I completely agree with you. Like you, you pretty much have to be unconscious because like that person that feels like they're going to die, like they don't feel anything. Like you can break them if you want, but they have to be unconscious because they're not going to stop. 
So, you know, having been that. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I think, you know, I, I had a closed eye. I had no idea that my eye was totally closed. I had no idea that my face was swollen. My hand was broken. No idea. That, that's it's so crazy you mentioned that because, yeah, like, I remember the first time I got one of these, like, backyard barbecue, like, fighting situations, the following day I had all these lumps in my head. And I had, like, cuts on my armpit and stuff. And I was like, how the hell? I I went a whole day not realizing I have cuts here and stuff. Like my sh- my shirt was bloody. I didn't even know. And I just like ate a burger after and went home and like, you know, like watch TV. And I was like, what is going on? Why is this? And I'm like, holy shit. And so, yeah, people underestimate. You know, it's interesting. Like uh, it's generally these like old martial arts people that have like old like videos from the 90s or something. And they're asking like their homie to help them out. It's like, uh it's tough because these guys are trying to teach people and you know most most people that have not trained jiu-jitsu like believe it and uh uh, it's just it's like if anyone been in these altercations there's a lot of room for error and but it but if you're starting out with the wrong strategy or mindset you're you're you made your chances a lot lower so um that's that's the issue with that so um yeah anyone want to add on to that No, we good. I'll, I'll add one thing real quick. Um, just, just to, to you know, go go full circle as well as um, you know. You also see um, for those of us who have been training jujitsu for a long time, or or who think that jujitsu is a, a a complete system. You know, we we you know we all know that if you've been training jujitsu a long time, it's not a complete system. Yeah. Right. We we sit there and we do techniques that keep us completely open for strikes. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. And so uh, I, I think it's, it's good for people that are new uh, to understand that, you know, it, if you can uh, safely train, um, I know I've done it before in classes where I say, all right, guys, we're going to do, you know, kind of like uh, EBI combat rules where everybody slaps each other 20%. Just tap them on the head. You don't need to hit them hard, you know, but just yeah. show them, look, you're open, you're open, you know, you're going for a knee bar and now, you know, you're touching the top of their head going, man, I don't know, maybe that knee bar, you didn't sink it in fast enough, you know? Um, and so understanding how there's limitations to jiu-jitsu as well and just uh, making sure that people are aware of that, I think is important. Yeah, and I, I would be worried of any martial art that couldn't like um, say that. Like if, if a martial art is like, this is the most complete system, it's like, okay, but you got to realize whoever put this together came from a person or a small group of people and like it's all built in with like mentality. So it's, it's tough. What jiu-jitsu is, its closest cousin is MMA and which is like, which is one of the most comprehensive realistic ways to fight and approach a fight. And so if jujitsu is, is UFC was birthed out of the Grace Academy from Torrance. So like jujitsu has that relationship with ultimate fighting with um, uh, NHB fighting back in the day, Luta Libre and, and uh, uh, now MMA it's like, it has deep roots. So um, yeah, for the street, you know, MM, MMA might be tough, like head kicks in a street fight. Like, I don't know about y'all, but like, if you're in Canada and like you do a head kick, you're about to slip and hit your head on the concrete, bro. Like they got ice on them shits. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember, and then also even stuff like just wrestling. I wrestled in high school. I double leg someone, pick them up and drop them. And then my knee got busted on a root of a tree. And I talk about it all the time. I'm like, I, like there was a tree in the backyard and my knee landed on one of the roots. And I was out, like I finished the fight, you know what I mean? But it was just like, I couldn't walk for like a few days, like a few weeks, like it was, it was rough. You know what I'm saying? So just those little things can throw you off. But 
um, yeah, I agree. There, there are opens just to, but there are ways that we can, you know, make it more realistic depending on who needs it. Like I know Gracie Academy does combat jujitsu where you can't get to blue belt unless you put gloves on and like spar it out. Like they don't do hard sparring, but they do like situational, like, oh, you're exposed here, blah, blah. So, um, you know, I think jujitsu really does stand up to be one of the best self-defense martial arts. Um, but when you're talking about weapons and stuff, now you're talking a whole different, you know, like Krav Maga and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, but uh, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's end of our time here. You know, I was, I should call this thing happy hour, but then I saw heroes martial arts called their hourly stuff, happy hour. So I was like, all right, I gotta <laughs> just keep it a Q and a, fuck it. <laughs> but <clears throat> that was, that was great. Like we, we got a question off the list and hopefully like we can keep this going and then more people can join in and we can have more lively discussions. I think, I think at the end of the day, Chris had a good idea. It's like, um, but he, he had a question. He's like, how come you don't have like online classes? And trust me, I wanted to. And I was like gearing up for it. But I talked to, I personally know like a handful of other gym owners, particularly um, one of the biggest ones I know is um, Carlson Gracie in South Bay in LA area, LA County. And uh, um, he, he gave me some insight. He was like, for kids classes, it's awesome. Like, you know, you, you make kids do drills, shrimping, forward roll, backward roll, like it's what they're used to. And you could totally get away with that. But for adults, like when they don't have partners and you don't have a partner and like someone's like, hey, cool wrist lock technique, but like, what if they do this? And then you can't even show it or even do it. It's what ended up happening is he said the participation rate, like, super declined because people are just sitting there being like i can't it's more of a tease than anything you know what i mean and adults are not going to be forced to be like you're making me shrimp for 45 minutes like what i i don't get that like i i came here for jiu-jitsu and so i get that so this one actually helps you progress help you think about things help you um frame certain things and i think a discussion on this like even questions on self-defense this is good this is applying what we've learned and used it in a different way and i think that's really really important so um i want to keep this going i don't know when the next one is but hopefully soon and uh you know just increase participation and um have more questions here to go over that'll be really fun hopefully hopefully it helped uh you guys out help it's it's fun to do and uh um I'll, i'll i've been recording this so we can post this up and hopefully other people can um benefit from it too um, so yeah, uh, it was dope. Thanks. Thanks everyone for showing up. Yeah, brother. Cool, man. Thanks this for having fun. us again today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll I'll, when I have an idea for the next one, we'll, I'll post up and we can, we can get in on it. Right on. All right. See you guys. Thank you Later. guys. Thank you. See you guys. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any subject requests or just want to chat, Feel free to reach out to Denny or I via DM through the Instagram handle at from the dojo podcast or via email at Daniel at from the dojo.com or Denny that's D E N N E Y at from the dojo.com. Looking forward to hearing from you.